The sporting world is heading to Vegas, and here's my pro tip. Bet it all on red. Now, whether that's the scarlet red of the San Francisco 49ers or the bright red of the Kansas City Chiefs, well, now I'm out of my element. Good morning. This is SBJ senior writer Joe Lemire, and you're listening to the Morning Buzzcast for Monday, January 29th. Our Super Bowl matchup is set, and the most popular prop bet will undoubtedly be an over-under on how often CBS cameras show Taylor Swift during the broadcast. As for the game, odds makers open the line with the 49ers as a two and a half point favorite, but that has already moved to one and a half. This is the same matchup we had in February 2020 when Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes won his first Super Bowl and the first for Kansas City in 50 years. Fast forward to now and the Chiefs are seeking their third title in five years and looking to become the first NFL team to repeat since the New England Patriots did so two decades ago. The 49ers, meanwhile, are certainly a storied franchise in the NFL with five titles, but they haven't won since the 1994 season when Steve Young won his second league MVP. Speaking of MVPs, or at least presumptive ones, Lamar Jackson fell a little short of guiding the Ravens to what would have been the quarterback's first Super Bowl appearance, and certainly any neutral observer, or any sports merchandiser, is sad to see the Detroit Lions didn't hold on to their lead yesterday. The Lions won an NFL title in 1957, but that was a decade before the advent of the Super Bowl, and they've never reached one. That's a major reason why our Terry Lefton reported from the Sports Licensing and Tailgate show that the Lions were the rooting favorite of NFL licensees. Stay tuned to SBJ throughout the next fortnight for plenty more covering the Super Bowl from all angles. I'm looking forward to sharing a story about an unsung hero helping manage CBS's production. Moving to basketball... NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, already nearing his 10th anniversary in the role, is reportedly on the verge of signing a new deal that would keep him atop the league through the end of the decade. That was the word from ESPN over the weekend. Under Silver's leadership, the league took the North American sporting lead in ceasing play at the onset of the pandemic, successfully completed a version of that season in the bubble with no outbreaks, negotiated labor peace through 2029, in which player salaries have grown dramatically, and teams have been disincentivized from tanking as their primary process of rebuilding. The NBA also, under Silver, added the postseason play-in tournament and the new in-season tournament. He navigated crises at the team ownership level with the Clippers' Donald Sterling and the Suns' Robert Sarver, and his handling appeared to hasten their sales of those franchises. Next on the docket, negotiating the next media rights agreement, for which the NBA has been said to be seeking $75 billion. The first Grand Slam of the 2024 tennis season is in the books, with the Australian Open wrapping up over the weekend. Arena Sabalenka won in straight sets to defend her title, while the men's draw crowned a first-time Grand Slam champion with Yannick Skinner, who rallied from two sets down to beat Daniel Medvedev in a five-set thriller. Skinner also contributed an all-time explanation afterwards, saying, I like to dance in the pressure storm which is now what I will tell all my editors about my deadline flirtations. Tennis Australia again showed its commitment to innovation during the tournament, announcing a new cohort for its AO Startups program that collaborates with young companies with the goal of running pilots during its Crown Jewel event. Furthermore, the Australian Open ran a proof of concept of a predictive AI model built in stealth with stats perform, leveraging player and ball tracking to highlight tendencies in anticipation of each shot. The goal is to have it broadcast ready in 2025. What did make the broadcast coverage, for the first time in tennis history, was the use of full-body, markerless motion capture, what's known as limb or pose tracking. This data set was collected from both six cameras and can provide granular player movement data. Comparison 
about a player's hip velocity in a serve was shown on air at one point. Other uses compiled in the background include serve biomechanics metrics for a player's analytics dashboard or a gamified feed for fans. It's a different provider, but the same underlying technology that powers MLB StatCast and helps create experiences like the NFL's Toy Story Fun Day game this past fall. WWE founder Vince McMahon has resigned his role as executive chairman of TKO, the publicly traded company resulting from the merger of the WWE and UFC last year. This followed a lawsuit filed in federal court by former WWE legal and talent department employee Janelle Grant, alleging sexual assault, trafficking, and physical abuse. In a statement, McMahon vehemently denied the allegations and pledged to defend himself in court, but he also stepped down from his role on the board. Allegations of McMahon's sexual misconduct first arose in 2022, at which point he resigned as WWE CEO and chairman. A WWE special committee investigated and found that he had spent more than $14 million over 16 years in payments to women who had accused him of sexual misconduct. A few months after the investigation concluded, McMahon, as WWE's largest shareholder, returned as executive chairman in early 2023. Earlier last week, the TKO Group's stock price rose more than 15% following the news of its 10-year, $5 billion rights agreement with Netflix to broadcast WWE Raw that begins in 2025. Dwayne Johnson, best known as The Rock, of course, joined the TKO board at the time. A remarkable precedent has been set in Belgium, whose top professional soccer league will replay an entire match from last month because of an error related to a VAR review of a penalty kick. Anderlecht defeated Genk 2-1, or at least they appear to, in a match on December 23rd. But in the 23rd minute of that contest, Genk appeared to score on a penalty kick. A review by VAR, the video assistant referee, however, determined that a Genk teammate was prematurely in the penalty area. That nullified the goal, which could have been the game's tying score. What the VAR review failed to note, though, was that two Anderlecht players were also inside the penalty area. The dueling infractions should have offset, triggering a re-kick of the penalty, but at the time, Anderlecht was awarded possession via a free kick. The governing body for referees in Belgium initially ruled that the issue was a VAR error, for which Genk had no recourse, but the club appealed the decision further to the Disciplinary Council for Professional Football, which ruled in Genk's favor, saying the core issue was that the rules of the sport were misapplied. It was not fundamentally a technology or replay error. As such, the match will be redone in full. One wonders how this decision could influence other sporting bodies to do the same. A Tottenham-Liverpool match last fall included a disallowed Liverpool goal that clearly should have been permitted. Even the VAR realized his own mistake 22 seconds after the erroneous review, but play had restarted, and the referee was no longer able to intervene. The refereeing organization overseeing officials in the Premier League apologized for that and acknowledged a, quote, significant human error. That was not enough to overturn the result, however. One can't help but think back to the NFC Championship game in January 2019 between the Saints and Rams, for instance, which had an egregiously missed defensive pass interference infraction by a Rams player that was not called on the field. It was the tipping point that precipitated the implementation of a pass interference replay review for the following season. That experiment was a short-lived one-year trial, but one could see how using that example as a thought experiment only. Such a scenario could lead to similar decisions to replay all or at least portions of a contest when determined that there's been an error unearthed by replay. All sports acknowledge the human element is part of match play, but the prevalence of video reviews continues to raise these questions about what should be accepted 
and what mistakes might be intolerable. Friday night proved to be another big night for NBA players to hold up number-laden sheets of paper. It's become league tradition for guys to commemorate high individual scoring nights by recreating the iconic photo of Wilt Chamberlain, who posed for a portrait with a simple sheet of paper on which someone wrote the number 100 after he reached the century mark on March 2, 1962. There were two such big nights last week, each with a pair of 60-plus point scores. On Monday, Joel Embiid scored 70 and Carl Anthony Towns had 62. On Friday, Luka Doncic netted 73, while Devin Booker added 62. Luka's 73 were tied for the fourth most in NBA history, and there was indeed a photo of him holding up a sheet of paper with that afterwards. I do the same with high traffic reports of my stories online, but oddly, those don't go quite as viral. Thanks for listening on this Monday, January 29th. The Buzzcast will return to you tomorrow on Tuesday. <laughs>